starting a brand new message series with you, as we've been talking about, called A Lasting Legacy. I strongly believe that God has called each and every one of us to live lives that, that will actually leave a legacy that outlives us. I have a friend, his name is Dan Metzger. Many of you know him. He used to be one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills. And he shared uh, this, he shared this uh, statement with me. It's kind of an ancient Greek proverb. And uh, he shared it with me. Now, maybe you shared it with him, so you already know it. I don't know, but it's a good one. It says this, a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. I like that. Basically, a society grows great when we start investing in things that we know will outlive us, that we know we start investing in things that won't directly benefit us, but we do it because we care about those who are coming behind us, that, who are going to continue on this legacy that we are, are living. And, and I believe this so strongly. I mean, we only get one shot here on earth, right? We get, we get one time to live on this earth, and, and I want to do the best with my earthly life that I possibly can. I want to be the best steward uh, of these years that I can. Because I tend to think I have a lot left, but I don't know. None of us do. And, and if you look at your life today, what's the kind of legacy that you want to live? You know, because Christians, we believe we, we get one shot, right? Like, like, we don't believe in reincarnation, as some believe in reincarnation, that like if you come here and you live and you screw it all up, that, hey, no big deal, you get to come back as like a lower life form and try again, right? You get to come back as like a cat or something like that, right? And better luck next time. No, we don't believe that. This is it. This is the one that you get. And so I believe what the Bible teaches, uh, Hebrews 9.27, just as people are destined to die once, and after that, judgment. That's kind of our destiny. We die, and we stand before the Lord. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. He will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Praise God. This is like the best news ever, that Jesus has come He's given his life for you and for me, and so that I can find salvation in Jesus, so that throughout all of eternity, I can have, I can have a relationship with God, I, I can go to heaven, I, I can experience this, and, and it's powerful, powerful stuff. But that's just the first half, right? That's just the first half of the gospel, that I love God, and so, the, so this can happen. The second half is equally important, and that is, I am called to love God others. I'm not just here for myself and, and, and my little relationship with Jesus. That's all good. But I'm called to love others, and I'm called to live a life that will actually leave a lasting legacy, that will make an impact beyond just my time here on this earth. There, there's so much more to this life than just finding Jesus and I've got fire insurance, I'm not going to hell, praise God. Like, no, there's more than that. There is more, and we're called to leave a legacy that will truly outlive us. Because whether you mean to or not, you're leaving a legacy. You are. Maybe it's the one you want to leave, and maybe not so much. But you are building a legacy in the way that you're living or not living today. Every single one of us are. What does yours look like? Is it a legacy of generosity or a legacy of stinginess? 
Is it a legacy of kindness or of just kind of focusing on yourself, selfishness? Is it a legacy of, of love or is it a legacy of judgment? Is it a legacy of investing in spiritual things or just kind of pushing them off as they don't really matter to you? What's your legacy look like? In fact, what if we just take a quick time out right now and we look back, let's just look back at the past week in our lives. What, if you look at the ways that you invested your time, how have those things been building a legacy that you'd be proud of? I mean, we all invest our time in a variety of ways, right? What if there was like an app on your phone, right, that could like analyze that? Like, here was time really building a legacy because, well, they know everything else about you, right? So soon enough, there might be that, right? But seriously, if you think about your time, what would you say is like, yeah, this is really building the kind of legacy I want to leave. And, and hear me, I'm not like anti-entertainment. We all need it. It's important. But, but did you do things that will actually outlive you? Or if we, we looked back, we'd say, well, you know, you, you uh, managed to reply to every single uh, social media post that your friends made, correcting both their grammar and their political leanings. You're some kind of hero, right? That's not it. That's not it. We're called to something more than just these kinds of things. We're called to leave a lasting legacy. Let me ask you this question. Ask it of yourself. If I died today, what would the pastor say at my funeral? What would that be for you? Because let me give you just a little insider info. I'm one of the pastors here. I know and love the other ones here, right? And I can tell you, I can speak for all of us when I say that at your funeral, we won't lie for you. <laughs> Sorry. We're not going to, like, put you down or insult you, okay? I'm not trying to put fear into your heart, but we won't lie for you. Please, give us some good material, all right? <laughs> like, give us something because, not for us, but because your life matters so much, so much, that when someone leads your funeral someday, it's like, putting this bow on this amazing work of God that has happened for, gen for, for decade after decade after decade. That's a legacy. That's a legacy. Do you live in a way that creates a spiritual legacy that will outlive you? I want to look today at one of the most famous passages in the Bible. It was, in fact, the most significant verse for, Jew for, for those who are Jews. And, in fact, when Jesus was asked, you know, what is, like, what's the most important thing here? What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? He went right to these verses. And they're all about leaving a legacy. Deuteronomy 6, 1. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing into the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord, as long as you shall live, by keeping his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. So you're talking about this promised land they're getting ready to enter to. And, and it gives some odd language, milk and honey, probably not our view of prosperity, but they were farming people. And this was a view of prosperity. 
that if you obey the Lord, if you hear his commands, you obey them, not just you, but your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, if you keep living this out, the Lord is going to bless you, and he's going to prosper you in this land that, that he's put you in. And so you have to not only obey, that's step one, but you've got to pass on this legacy of obedience. We're not just accountable for what we do, we're accountable for leaving a legacy that will outlast us. A legacy that is bigger than just our life here and now. Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit up at home. When, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your house, houses and on your gates. For the Jewish folks, they literally did this, right? They, they would have these little boxes called phylacteries that you can see on the screen here. Even today in Jerusalem, uh, people are, are doing that. I think we have an image of that. There we go. Uh, these girls, they've got these boxes uh, strapped right onto their wrists, onto their forehead, right, that has scripture in it, has these verses in it, so that they will be impressed physically on them, so that it will be impressed upon their hearts, that this is who they will be. This is key to leaving a spiritual legacy. That God's word is not just something we hear about once a week and just kind of go on. That's a start. But that it's something truly impressed upon our hearts and that we want to live it out. That's how we raise our kids. That this is central. That faith is a central part of who we are. And you know, as, as a pastor sometimes, I'll hear parents will say things like, well, yeah, I get that, but, but I don't want to like cram it down their throats, right? Because it's got to be a personal choice, which, yes, of course, I don't want to cram anything down my kids' throats. It's not really effective, you know, but it's my job to, to set them up. It's our job as parents, grandparents, whatnot, to set them up to be able to know Jesus, to be exposed to the things of the Lord, that because these choices they matter. I mean, if, hear me parents, if you don't sometimes make kids thing, do things they don't want to do, you're not a parent, you're a buddy. And they have lots of buddies. I'm all for buddies. But they only get one or two parents. Who's going to do that for them? I mean, we do this in other areas of life. If your kid came to you and said, you know what, I hate brushing my teeth, I'm done with it. Would you say, well, okay, guess I gotta start saving for those root canals now, right? I doubt it, I really do. And if you take that position, please keep your kid at least six feet away from me, because I, I don't want that smell, right? Like, you're not gonna do that. You're gonna say, you know what, tough luck. In this house, we brush our teeth because it's part of being human, it's part of just having good hygiene, right? It, we're gonna brush our teeth, sorry about your luck. Or if your kid came to you and said, 
I hate school. I don't want to go anymore. It's, I have to learn all this stuff that is not relevant to my life and what I want to do. I'm staying home. Would you say to him, you know, you have a great point. There's so much stuff there that you learn that you don't need to learn, right? You could, you could spend your time so much better playing video games instead of all that nonsense. I'm looking at you, Algebra 2. We could, you know, you don't need to do that. I'm going to guess you're not going to do that. In fact, I know you're not doing that because you're not incarcerated right now. So you have not chosen that approach, right? Because if you choose that approach, well, guess what? Your kids are still going to get education crammed down their throat. It's just going to happen at like juvenile hall or something like that, right? Because you have to do it. It's important. In fact, we know this. I, I know I've talked to many of you, and many of you, you actually moved here to Anderson Township because of your kids, because you did some research and you found out that we've got some of the best schools in this area, in the whole state, and you care about your kid's academic legacy and you had the chance to move here, so you did. Some of you chose to pay higher property taxes, right? Or some of you, you send your kids to private school or you homeschool or you, whatever it is because you care about their academic legacy. It matters to you. That's great. Praise God. Some of you, you have your kids, they're in club sports, right? And you, you travel all around and you, you spend all this money and time and sanity and all this stuff, right, to support them because you want to support their athletic legacy, right? You want to support them and help them to be the best that they could possibly be at their sport. Or, or, or you put them in marching band or chorus or other things like this so they can grow in their musical ability. Or you sign them up for art lessons or tumbling lessons or whatever the lessons are the week that you're doing right now because you care about this stuff. Do you do that all because you're trying to cram something down their throat? No. You do it because you love them. Because you honestly want what's best for them. And so you're willing to make sacrifices of time and money and energy and all these other things because all these legacies matter to you. Praise God. That's awesome. I'm not putting those down. But I want to ask you, what are you doing to build that spiritual legacy? What are you doing in your family? Because if you're just leaving that to the whims of what your kids feel like at the moment, well, let me tell you how it worked out for me. I have told you, many of you have sat in small group meetings, and I've told you about my home church growing up, what an impact it made on my life and my youth group, all this stuff changed my life. What I didn't tell you is that when I was 12 years old, I decided I didn't want to go to youth group. I went a couple times. I was a shy kid, pretty introverted, and we had a big youth group, and it was intimidating. And I didn't like it. And I, I came home, and I told my mom, I don't really like this. I don't want to go anymore. And she said, tough luck. You're going. I didn't love that. But you know what? Yay, Mom. I thank God for a mom who cared about her spiritual legacy. Because what would happen is, I would grow to love it. I would. And if she weren't persistent with that and so many other things in my life that I didn't want to do, but she called me, she sometimes made me step up and do them. She couldn't force it down my throat, but she put me in position to make a decision for myself that would have been better than what I would have made without having a loving, caring parent who did that. 
and I'm so thankful. She did this, verse 7, impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk on the road, when you lie down, when you get up, because there is nothing more important than you can do. We, we all these other legacies, academic, athletic, all these wonderful things, none of them are going to outlive your kids here on this earth in the way that their spiritual legacy will. Their spiritual legacy sets their eternal destiny. It matters. It matters so much. And maybe you're saying, well, wait, time out. Isn't this why we come to church, right? We kind of can outsource this to you guys. You're the professionals. You're supposed to do this. Well, thank you that you trust us with your kids. I mean that with all my heart. It is one of the most humbling things of my life to think that, that, that the time that, that our staff and I, that we put in, is going to make a lasting impact on children and teens. We take that so seriously. I can't tell you how seriously we take that. And I am so excited about our children's ministry, our teens' ministry, and what they're doing, how they're investing in our kids. I'm so pumped about that. And I'm so even more excited about the future and what God's going to do there. And we will do, I promise you, we will do our absolute best to help build a lasting spiritual legacy in your kids. If we're not, if we're dropping the ball, man, come tell us. Because we care so much about this. But here's the deal, parents. We can't replace you. We can't. What we do matters, but you matter more. You're the only parents that they get, the only grandparents, the only sets of grandparents that they get. Maybe you're going to be that teacher that makes an impact in their life or their, that coach that changes their life. You're probably thinking of people in your own life that did that for you. You've got a calling. Don't choke. Don't, don't just say, oh, I'll let somebody else do that. It's not that important. That's nonsense, man. You wouldn't do that with so many other things. Why would you do that with their spiritual life? Why would you do that with something that matters eternally? You're called to leave a legacy. And we want to stand with you. We want to support you. We want to help you. But we're partnering with you. Okay, we can't do this all for you. We get your kid one hour, two hours, three, maybe four hours a week. We will do the absolute best we can in those times. But we got to partner together because there's a lot of other hours that you get with them that matter, that mean so much to them. Now, maybe you're here and you're like, okay, this seems like a message just for parents. I could have slept in or gone to brunch or something else, right? No, that's not true. It's not just for parents or those who are having an impact on kids. A legacy is broader than that. Kids are where I'm putting a focus today, but it's broader than that. Maybe you have employees at where you work or coworkers. You got neighbors. You got friends. You got family members. The way you live your life is impacting them. It is. God has put you in these relationships. He's given you these relationships to be a steward of these things. Again, don't choke. Don't just say, oh, somebody else can do that. No, God called you. God put you there. Be faithful. Be faithful to what he's calling you to in those areas. It's an awesome, it's a humbling responsibility. It really is. You know, at Anderson Hills, we take all this stuff so seriously. 
Jamie told you about some cool stuff earlier, ways that you can be involved in this. Uh, let's ch challenge you with a couple of them. One, we've got the Red Tower out there. And you, wh whatever you would go out to to find to serve, that is a way of building your spiritual legacy. Because when you're serving, you're doing just that. Whether, whether you're, you're with our, our children or with our teens, whether you're running our soundboard or our tech, whether you're greeting people when we come in the door, whether, whether you're coming here during the week, to, we got people who come in and they sit in these chairs, they fix all the pins and all that stuff. All these things, they are part of a lasting legacy of faith. I'm so thankful for a church that takes this so seriously. And I invite you, I challenge you to, to head on out after the service. Maybe if you're sitting here like, I don't know if my spiritual legacy is really where I want it to be. First step right there, the red tower. Uh, Pam or others, they'd love to talk with you about how you can grow in this. Another way is that we're called to be a blessing in our community to our children as they go back to school, uh, to our teachers, to bus drivers, to administrators, to janitors, all these folks who make school possible. It's one of the biggest mission fields in the Cincinnati area, and we get to send a whole bunch of missionaries there. So next week, we're going to bless their backpacks. We're going to really bless them, right? We're going to bless them as we send them out. And this is something that's always a big deal to us here at Anderson Hills. This year, we're doing something, and I admit, it's 100% gimmick, okay? But we are going to have a big old ice cream truck out there. Why? To make it easier for you to invite your friends. Because if you can't invite them to eat ice cream with you, come on, man. Of course you could do that, right? Like, if you know kids, they probably like ice cream, and we're going to have awesome ice cream. So bring them. It's free. You can eat one or two or five. I don't care. We're paying for it, right? And, but seriously, we do this not to feed people ice cream, but because we believe that blessing people matters, that sending our kids out and our teachers out and our school staff out as missionaries, it matters. And uh, if we can buy an ice cream truck to make that more fun, doggone it, we'll do that because we want to do that. We're called to do that. So who are you going to invite next week? Find somebody. Write them down right now. Make a note. You can text them now. I don't care. You'd be doing other things on your phone. I wouldn't know. But whatever it takes, do that because you're called to build this, this spiritual legacy. What's your spiritual legacy going to look like? This past week, uh, we did as we often do here. Um, we, we laid a couple folks to rest here at Anderson Hills. We had their memorial service here. I got to be at one of them. It was for a, a wonderful saint. His name is Wes Lampe. Some of you may have known him. He had a great legacy here at this church. And, and I got to sit there in the sanctuary as uh, our pastor emeritus, our, Pastor Howard Preston, he uh, led a, a wonderful memorial service. And he said all these amazing words about Wes and his life. And, and then I got, to, I got to introduce his grandkids as they would come up, several of them, and they shared about the, the impact that Wes had upon their lives, the legacy that he lived. They talked about his time that he invested with them, how much he loved them, how much he cared about them, how much their stuff mattered to him, how he would talk with them, how he modeled faith for them. How he and his sweet wife, Connie, they, they modeled decade after decade after decade of faithfulness in marriage. How, how they served here at their church and how he made such an impact here at this community of faith. And I sat there and I was thinking about this, this message series, because pastors, we're, we're always sermon planning. It's just kind of how we operate, right? And I thought, that's what we're talking about. It's a, that's a legacy that outlives West. 
that even if you come here today and you never knew Wes, your life's probably been blessed by part of his leadership here at this church. That's a legacy that outlives. He planted spiritual trees that he's never going to fully appreciate the shade that's created by those. But I am, and I'm thankful. His kids are, his grandkids, his great-grandkids, people who will never meet him. They are, and they give thanks. For you, what's that legacy that will outlive you?